Welcome to the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, the tirade-filled movie debate podcast hosted by two film critics, two cool dads, and two struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. And I'm William Johnson. We're damn glad to have you folks. This is all for tantrum's sake, where shared passions and high fives wash away any place for hate. In the end, we encourage you all to love what you love. But for now, the gloves are off and the hissy fit is on. This week, we have a guest that will be introduced by Will in a moment here, but we're here to talk about The Suicide Squad. New release from Warner Brothers and DC. Um, It has been recommended by kind of just about everybody who's on this dais today. And our format (laughs) is this. The recommending lover will go first. And in this case, it will be our guest because we're nice guys. And we let the guest go first before we hog all the airwaves. That's more well than me. But that's where it's going to be. They will get five uninterrupted minutes to shower their praise and state their high-minded case. The hater, Will Johnson, follows with five uninterrupted minutes of his own to present their counterpoints with any manner of intellectual scorched earth. After that, we will open it up for 15 or 20 minutes. We got some extra people today. We'll let it go a little bit of shared conversation where the hissy fit really gets chippy. We hope you've got your judge's scorecard to evaluate where this is going to land in terms of good, bad, love, or hate. Folks, let's go. Will Johnson, tell us who's here today. Oh, well, I'm really pleased to have this guest today. And at last notice, too, because we were planning something for the future, but they found some time to come in today, so I'm very excited. Uh, self-described cinephile, dog mom, wife, and very important Stallone enthusiast, is also a social media and programming manager, uh, or I'm sorry, is also the films and events curator for the soon-to-be majestic Cinema Girls in Metro Phoenix. I met them as the social media and programming manager at the Alamo Drafthouse Phoenix. Um, she is a genius, y'all. We talked to, I met her at a screening of Angel Heart, and her theory on the utilization of fans in that film blew my mind. She's great. So this is, without further ado, Lauren Knight. Hello. Hi. Hello, Lauren. It is Hi. good to meet you. Vir- uh, big virtual is... wave from Chicago. Hi. <laughs> yes, virtual wave. Uh, it's it's an honor to be invited onto your podcast. I'm very excited. Uh, Lauren is Lauren is really brilliant, man. If you want to talk about movies, I mean, she's always there at the Alamo. Uh, I I've been basically meeting her through the Horror Tuesdays event, or what's the official title for it? I'm bad at titles. Is it Horror Tuesdays? Terror Tuesdays? What What is it officially? Uh, well, we're going to be rebranding it very, very soon, but basically right now it's just boring and it's Tuesday Horror. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Cut and dry. Cut and dry. Yeah. But there's a great staff over there, and uh, yeah, Lauren's the head of that, and it's fantastic. So, uh, But we, we invited her specifically because not only is she a Stallone enthusiast, so she's got uh, a new Stallone film for her to fangirl over, uh, <laughs> but she's also a, a very strong, I, I mean, I exaggerate the amount of time she's already seen Suic- The Suicide Squad, but... I felt like she's seen it like six times before it was released. So that's kind of how I looked at it. So she must be a big fan. So we had to get her on the program for this particular episode. All right. (laughs) I'm digging it. So folks, as you heard with our format, five interrupted minutes, Lauren, you are the guest. The timer is on fire away. Oh my gosh. There's so much pressure because I just get to talk uninterrupted for five minutes. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So, so I'm going to start by saying I did not, hate David Ayer's Suicide Squad. And I know that that's probably going to make a lot of people turn your podcast off. And I'm very sorry about that. Uh, I have, I had and have no connection to these characters whatsoever. I did not read comics growing up. I still don't read comics. 
Um, I did marry a DC nerd. Uh, he has DC uh, themed tattoos, um, including the old school like circle and stars logo like on his elbow. So I have learned a lot in like 10 years specifically about DC comics and other comics in general. Um, but that being said, like, of course I knew who Harley Quinn was. I had heard of Killer Croc because also like Batman the Animated Series was like, you know, the biggest thing when I was growing up. So, um, but I, I didn't, I didn't care about any of these characters. I had no emotional connection. I had no like absolutely nothing. So I went into the first Suicide Squad just like expecting something a little bit darker. And it was. And I had a blast. You guys, I had like a margarita or two. And everyone says that that was why. But I own it on Blu-ray. I've seen it since. Like it's ridiculous. Like it's dumb fun. Like it just you just sit back and just like let it just happen. And it's kind of crazy. And I know it's not his cut, blah, blah, blah. Which leads me to James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Um, I have been stoked about this from the beginning. I am a huge James Gunn fan. Um, I've seen almost all of the features that he has done. Um, I'm missing his his trauma stuff. I'm admittedly not the biggest trauma fan. Sorry. Uh, but anyway, so I was excited from the beginning. <clears throat> I thought that Disney's loss would be WB's gain during that whole thing. Um, and then the fact that it's R-rated and that Warner Brothers uh, let him do an R-rated is, I think, really, really important because this movie would not have worked as well um, if it had been PG-13. Um, I also think James has a really great way of writing uh, dialogue and, and just really setting up scenes that make you feel for the characters, especially the ones that are non-human. Uh, he has a really soft touch when it comes to that. And I don't know if it's because he himself is like a dog lover and, and like an animal rescuer and things, but he has, he has a really great way of, of humanizing every character, um, especially those that don't have human features. Um, and I think the writing in this was obviously way, way better. Um, it does have my, my man, Sylvester Stallone, which is the most <laughs> excited thing um, for me at the time. And then the movie overall just absolutely knocked it out of the park. I mean, I love gore. Like, I love action movies. So, like, I love all those 80s. I love Commando. I love all the canon movies. So, it's like, if there's, like, blood hitting the lens, like, I'm into it. Um, so, this had everything that I wanted. Um, it also, uh, people were criticizing online about Harley Quinn's portrayal and comparing it to Birds of Prey, which first of all, this movie is called The Suicide Squad. It's not called like the Harley Quinn movie. Second of all, there's a there's a scene in there with uh, her and uh, El Presidente and she talks about red flags. She gives a monologue about red mm -hmm. flags. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the better written lines even compared to Birds of Prey. Am I out of time? No, not at all. One minute oh, to go. I thought I heard a countdown. Sorry. Oh, I, I got, I got it in the chat if you need it. Oh, I see it chat hey it's all right sorry everyone you're doing great <laughs> um oh my gosh it's really difficult to talk about a movie for five minutes without being like interrupted or having questions asked about it uh anyway i think i think that scene with her and el presidente really um is some of the the better written harley characterizations because it makes her out to be an actual human and you see the the suffering that she had uh, that she had endured in her life that wasn't just like physical abuse. It really actually showed that the like emotional abuse um, is is really more, it really cuts deeper and really uh, 
F's you up more. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. You could um, totally then, swear in this podcast. Then, oh, sweet. It fucks you up more than um, the physical abuse does. Uh, so overall, I absolutely loved it. I saw it twice. I went to two advanced screenings, one in IMAX and one um, not. And I think that this movie just has every, it has humor. It has heart. Uh, it has action. It has vulgarity. Uh, and I, I was super, super impressed by it, to be honest, on just on its own thing. Woo! Nicely done. Look at that girl. Go. I, 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 sh- I should note that um, uh, Lauren's husband is also named Will. Uh, and he and he is a mirror universe version of me because he has the DC tattoos. Right. I have the um, Marvel tattoos on my body. Um, I would say he's my evil version, but that would mean that evil wins because me, <laughs> while, while I die alone, Will gets to be married to Lauren, and that's awesome in itself. So that's fantastic. So, there you go. That sounds, that I actually sounds like a really a... pathetic cry for help right there, Will. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, don't sell yourself short, Will. Uh, I actually have oh, no, a please do. tattoo. Uh, oh, you... I have a Batman and Catwoman tattoo on my thigh uh, in honor of my husband and my marriage. Um, oh. with, there's right. Instead of a guest book, people signed um, the matte framing of... Um, uh, that went around a, a large poster I had printed of another artist's interpretation. I'm so, bl- and I'm blanking on his name and I feel so bad because I reached out to him personally because I needed a 24 by 36 sized poster. Uh, mm-hmm. But of, of, of the Hush comic books. Uh, oh yeah. Edition, oh. And it's Batman and Catwoman kissing on the rooftop. Yeah. And so we had our Lee. wedding guests uh-huh. sign uh, a matte frame. And so Very now cool. like that poster with their, with their, you know, little well wishes and stuff hangs in our house. And so I have an interpretation of Batman and Catwoman kissing um, on my thigh. That is, that is so, that's so romantic. I, that is so awesome. Okay. Like you're going to say romantic. I'm going to say that's fucking hot. That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry. That's awesome. I will accept both. I will accept right. both. Thank you very much. All right. Okay, sorry. Uh, no, 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 you're good. Um, five minutes tag, I'm in. I'll see what I can do here as the other lover. All right. No, for me, um, I got to echo where Lauren's coming from. This movie is just a blast. And James Gunn is an absolute coup uh, for what Warner Brothers and DC can bring into this. Um, does it probably get that initial observation and expectation knock of, oh, this is just Guardians of the Galaxy, only with DC people? You know, ragtag bunch of dudes and misfits and sarcastic humor and in and the violence and all that i said yeah a little bit but i the dynamics are different because the characters are different and the dynamics are different because the tone has been able is able to be different that james gunn takes his whatever you want to call it his niche his his wheelhouse for ensembles and and clever writing but he brings it to a place where he can escalate to an r-rated level and he can escalate it to characters even less than something like guardians of the galaxy and i think that's a lot of fun so I I will back up Lauren. I don't. I mean, I didn't grade it very highly, but I don't mind the 2016 David Ayer Suicide Squad. I I think it's a mixed bag because it it's it's trying for the the wackadoodle stuff because it's the, you know the ragtag thing, but then it has this deadly serious tone that kind of matched where they wanted to go with some things. But obviously, that's kind of you know restricted by PG 13ness. Where I wish. I, I'm one of those people, I'm not going to start the hashtag and release the AR cut like everybody else, but I would gladly <sighs> take, I know, I know, I would gladly take a full balls cut of whatever Jared Leto and, and 
Margot Robbie can do with that sort of movie and add a little more to it. I'm down for that. You know, if you're going to go dark, go all the way. And that movie didn't because it's still trying to be silly and, and you know, irreverent at the same time. And you, you just can't do that without having all of it kind of just brew in the same kind of direction. And James Gunn could do that with the visual flair that he has as a filmmaker and with the the obviously the 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 dynamite writing he can have for dialogue and character interactions that comes out of this movie because some of that is getting the right people in place including James Gunn because the the MVP for me I'm not uh, Stallone's fine he you know he's we're, I'm sure Will is going to go on the Groot tangent later and I'll save that waste of time for his 5 minutes but um for me the the linchpin for this movie Outside of Margot Robbie, who is amazing, you know, you give that character a, a larger platform and interlude moment to have just the character growth that she goes through and, and kind of gets revealed to us. I know the popular word like, a lot of people like to put on there is, oh, she gets agency. She had it already before this movie. She just it just confirms it more and more with the way that she gets to play that character. And Margot Robbie's great at that. I mean, she's easily the best, most talented actor in this movie. Sorry, use yourself, but Margot Robbie's better than you. And but when you take that down to the shenanigans level, then you have somebody like John Cena, who I'm a 80s pro wrestling guy where John Cena is, you know, the 90s and Hufflepuff kind of stuff that WWE is now versus the R rated stuff they were trying to do with the attitude era when I was in college and all that. So John Cena is very sanitized. He's that make a wish hero to the general public to see him, you know, bust some balls, throw on the tidy whities and create that really good dynamic with Idris Elba cracked me up all movie. By the time you have the big headliners who are having that kind of fun, you know, steer and push the, the you know, the plot forward. I love that James Gunn has, like you said, uh, Lauren, that dedication to the small things where it's Polka Dot Man and Rat Catcher 2 who have easily the most emotional and poignant arcs out of the whole silly fun. They're the saviors of this movie and is awesome because the big players can still kind of migrate and 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 just you know, like I said, push things along, but they fail if the little people don't support along the way. And Gunn, even in a very busy and big movie, gives those little characters great little moments to shine and from unexpected places. Peter Quill, if you do the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, Peter Quill and Gamora and all those, those are big characters that just aren't noticed by big audiences. Like they have huge histories and they have big importances. Polka Dot man and Ratcatcher 2 don't so for a movie of all places to kind of come in and kind of set that up really impressed me and my goodness just the glee and the fun of like you said blood and guts and just rampant violence and just just devil may care attitude and that worked out great for me if i have to critique a part of the movie a little bit where i can be like eh, all right a little much the movie does go a little long you know it's over two hours mm -hmm. it, it can kind of over i don't want to say overstay it's welcome but that the Jodenheim Tower conclusion can just go on a little too long, a little too this, a little too that. Just get I would rather them just go straight to Starro and start blasting shit up, which was fantastic. And what a unique way of doing Starro. So I loved it. Look at that right on time. What the hell was that flourish at the end? Wait, That's my timer on my iPhone. I'm I sorry. Didn't get a you know, flourish? I, I, you ended just on time for your flourish. Uh, I'll try to see if I can grab like the prices right loser horn buzzer for Will's five minutes. And go for that. <laughs> but no, um, I, I, Lauren put the Cheerios in the bowl. I poured in some warm, wonderful milk. Will, it's your turn for five minutes to piss in them Cheerios. Fire away, man. All right. Okay, I'm not like. See. Yeah, you are. 
Oh, you know, uninterrupted minutes. Excuse me. Shut up, Don. I always get these uh, instant messages on uh, Facebook. People are like, you hate DC. And I'm like, no, I don't hate DC. We got to remember that film is cyclical. Okay. Like there was a time when DC was putting out the best superhero films and Marvel was putting out piles of shit all the time. It's just the way it is. Like it just happens to be that Marvel makes consistently really good films right now. And DC's kind of been a smorgasbord of weird stuff. Some stuff works, some stuff doesn't. Uh, audiences are very split on it. It's very polarizing, whatever. I don't want to make this a Marvel versus DC thing, but I kind of have to because I think that every time DC goes out on a limb, let's say with Birds of Prey, it, I feel like they get a little scared because of the backlash that you're going to get from a bunch of mouth-breathing idiots because Birds of Prey is the best DCEU film of those 10 or 11 films that are in that DCEU, in my opinion. Um, you know, that when they came out with Shazam, it was like, oh, we need to make like kind of like an Ant-Man movie. We need to have kind of like a little bit of a comedy to it, uh, which they kind of still fucked up because I took my my six-year-old at the time or five-year-old at the time to see that, and they're scared <laughs> to death because that movie was fucking frightening. Right. Well, it's called Shazam, dude. It's got a guy with a fucking uh, thunderbolt on his chest, and it's got uh, what's his face making all kinds of jokes. And I was like, "This is going to be great for kids." Anyways, and then and then demons are throwing people out of boardrooms, and people are awesome. their lives. I know it's fucking awesome, but wrong movie. Wrong no, I I mean I like it, but it, it's it's not a great movie. It's fine. But my point is is that I think DC's biggest problem is that it's always tried to be like Marvel, like in terms of extend making an extended universe. To me, in the comics, DC's greatest strength was always its Elseworlds stuff because they could tell alternate stories that don't affect the canon. And uh, that was, to me, their strongest part, whereas Marvel had a lot of great continuity. I mean, DC at one point had so much multiverse craziness that they basically created an entire comic book series or special event, Crisis on Multiple Earths or whatever the hell it's called, to basically say, okay, we're sorry we went crazy. Let's just have one universe, okay? Marvel's always been able to handle that a lot better. My problem is, is when they do something different, like Birds of Prey, and then get scared off, they say, okay, we need to make a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and um, let's see, what's what's Guardians of the Galaxy? James Gunn. Let's just get James Gunn to do it. He'll do the exact same thing. Yes, I gr- granted there are differences here. There, it's rated R. It's more violent. People can say curse words. People can have sex on camera. You can have all that stuff done, and that's fine. I, I don't think necessarily – it's kind of like how I, I view a lot of like uh, – HBO shows in the pristine TV era, it's like just because you can have sex, violence, and profanity doesn't automatically make it better. You have to have a good style with that. James Gunn, to me, like, I think his best film is Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's a wonderful film. It makes me laugh. It makes me cry. It makes me feel so many emotions. It's great action, great comedy, great romance. I think it's one of the most romantic movies. Um, it's just a great film. And I actually don't really like Guardians 2 because I think that he said, wow, look at that great job that I did. <laughs> I'm going to take everything that people liked from Guardians 1 and and uh, and just expand it a little bit more. There's more gags. There's more jokes. There's a little bit more hokey drama. There's it's The movie ends up being kind of cheesy and long, and it, it just – Guardians 2 just doesn't work on the same level that Guardians 1 does. And I see the same problem with Suicide Squad. I think it's saying – Oh, I can make it really gory, so I'm going to make it really gory. I have no problem with gore. I love gore. But I also think of, like, for example, like, let's take – this would be a weird comparison, but let's take the movie Pineapple Express, 
Pineapple Express had all this ultra violence in it with all this gore in it, like with the fight scenes and stuff, because they thought, oh, this will be funny to be in a comedy. Just because the existence of gore is there does not make it good. Um, And I also think that, unfortunately, as much as people don't want to compare this and say that it's better because it's rated R and has all this stuff, unfortunately, it is a Guardians of the Galaxy remake in a sense because it has the same character types it has the same situations as trying to get you to feel something for these characters. And I, I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with having these misfits and quote unquote losers being humanized. But the problem is, is that they don't give them the same, uh, they don't give them the same weight that they did in guardians. Like Idris Elba is a fine actor, a fine character, but he doesn't have any depth to him. Uh, John Cena, who is to me, the, worst of the three wrestling actors of the rock dave bautista and um and himself is kind of a blank slate i only have one second left so that's all i gotta say goodbye (laughs) where's my flourish you have 30 seconds left i can't end a timer without the flourish man i rambling i just i I just did a thing it said five minutes i use my own all right whatever oh okay so my point is i I gave you like 30 seconds back as we interrupted yeah shut up all right so i another thing is a lot of people will say like i don't have connections to these characters i'm a huge marvel guy you know who i didn't have any connection to at all i barely even knew they existed were the guardians of the galaxy so to me you got both of these films introducing really unknown characters like uh, and and making them human. And I, unfortunately, I just side a little bit more with Guardians on this one. I like what James Gunn's going for. Is that better, Flourish Man? Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Jesus. All right. All right. Lauren, what? Are, you, are you poking holes in him first or me? Uh, well, I think it's interesting that he was talking about Guardians of the Galaxy because it's funny. I almost said this during my five minutes. That's how I've been describing the movie to people. I'm like, hey, did you like Deadpool? Did you like Guardians of the Galaxy? Cool. It's an R-rated Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't have a problem with that. Like, I don't understand. Like, if he had done the Suicide Squad first and then he did Guardians of the Galaxy, we'd all be like, oh, this is just like a PG-13, like, uh, Suicide Squad. sure would. Like, so I think, I mean, he does it well. He does a band of misfits well, but those band of misfits also all deserve love. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important. Yeah. And I, I'll counter Will to say another thing in a different angle. I, I disagree with where he's saying where DC's trying to be Marvel. I think DC went out of its way, at least initially in this DCEU, to not be Marvel. Like, let me make these bold and serious takes on these characters. Even though, to me, DC, thanks to campy Batman and cute cartoon series, was always, always in my brain, way lighter other than batman but way lighter than anything marvel ever had that you come out and you make the unsmiling henry cavill movie and then you do 10 pounds of sugar in a five pound bag with batman v superman where it's gravely serious and overpacked and then when that doesn't sell because it's not marvel and cute and light and what people remember from those archetypical iconic characters like batman and superman that's when their course that after that is when they started to course correct and go, we need to lighten this stuff up because the dark stuff while cool and while bold and while daring just isn't selling where well, if you're going to go. Oh, yeah. Well, but they started taking chances because if they copied Marvel initially, 
we would be like, oh, they're just they're they're just trying to make Iron Man by with with a new kind of Batman that's light and fun and quippy, or they're just trying to make Captain America with the tried and true Blue Boy Scout of Superman. Like they would have gotten that not. So I admire their attempts to kind of try to be dark and bold and kind of corner that market. It didn't work, and obviously they're trying to chase Marvel now, and I get all that. And to, I'm with Lauren here. Like these characters are fun enough and to me worse off than any guardians of the galaxy character where if the movie can make you, you know, cheer and compare a little bit or cheer and, and, and deer, it works. And this one sure did. Well, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a hot take thing here Ooh. with the exception of Margot Robbie, who's one of my favorite actors. She's fantastic. Um, uh, I honestly think that the casting is better in guardians than it is here. Uh, oh yeah. That's Marvel money for you. I'm no doubt. No, no, I, no, no, I'll no. bet that. I don't think so. I don't think I don't that. think so. No, that's why I'm saying it's going to be a hot take because yeah. to, to me, I, I know a lot of people have a lot of opinions on Chris Pratt as a human being, and that's fine. But as an actor, at least in that role of Star Lord, like I felt what they're trying to do with Idris Elba as Bloodsport here, mm-hmm. they're trying to give them layers, like nuance and layers. And I think yeah. the fact that that Star Lord is kind of like this part goofy, part romantic, part hero part like he's he's a very complex character and chris pratt really delivers that performance and he anchors that whole thing i think it's a better acting performance and a better actor in this sense than i think idris elba is more of a well idris elba is not playing the affable everyman he's playing the grizzled old you know i'm too old for this shit danny glover part i agree but the problem is a cold-blooded killer you're damn right I agree. I agree with that. However, my main problem with that is that we, I think we're past the era of pure vile antiheroes. I think we're going to, we, we're used to, especially in superhero films, a more three dimensional, um, complex character, to be honest with you. I mean, that's that's how it is. So to me, this feels like regression. Like, I feel like Bloodsport, yes, he's, he's, he's really good at being like, kind of like a, a snarky bad guy, but to me, it feels like, Hmm. We're get we're getting we're getting very few painted colors here, and that draws me out of a movie because I want more there. Like they try to do it. Don't say they don't. They try to do it with Bloodsport and his daughter. You know, they try to say like, oh, he's really a caring dad in the end, and you know, like all the stuff. And I I just never made that connection. Like I, all the things they tried to do to soften the characters when they did it never really worked with me. Um, and the reason why I, I can. Yeah, what do you think, Lauren? So there's no there's no indication that he like goes home to be a dad. Right. At oh, all. Yes, sure. Like sure. if anything, the daughter has new respect for him and they go into business together when she gets older or something. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like because he didn't care that she stole, you know, uh, just that she did it wrong. <laughs> and okay. for something so stupid. Um, I think going back so Warner so the Warner Brothers universe is extremely weak compared to Marvel's. And I think the main problem is Warner Brothers tried to do everything Marvel did in like half the time or a third of the time. Right. Marvel has spent a decade like cultivating their franchise by doing like Avengers, but then a standalone like Captain America movie and then going back to the Avengers and then doing it like they have spent years to build this universe to culminate with essentially Endgame, right? 
So DC was like, cool, we want to do that, but we don't want to take 10 years to do it. Here's a Batman, here's a Superman, here's a Justice League. Boom. Like, no, absolutely not. Like, you're getting, we're getting a Flash standalone movie after we just got two versions of Justice League. Like, Mm -hmm. no. Like, it's, they've tried to rush things. And honestly, here we go. Here, come at me, bros. Uh, not you guys, bros, like online bros. <laughs> I think Warner Brothers got themselves in trouble with Zack Snyder. Uh-huh. I think they boxed themselves into a corner because Zack Snyder has his his uh, Randian philosophy mm-hmm. towards Superman. Like he mm-hmm. like that's not what Superman is. You have a, a plethora of DC hero. Like I know I said I don't read comic books and stuff, but again, remember I've been I've known one for a decade now. Been married to one for five. So like I. <laughs> <laughs> same guy the same guy yeah we've been together for 10 years like you have all these other type of characters that you could draw from and different yes. ways that you can sculpt batman but like superman is all wrong and it's not I henry agree. cavill's fault he does a great job with what he's given as superman i say he looks the part from the chin down and that's it you know <laughs> i think best- he does a great job but i yeah. i think trying to make like a broody I know. Superman. Like fit. I, it was, it was done all wrong. Paul Kent right. was done wrong. Like it was just not. Right. It was not a good. And that's they, that's how they started. I know. And then and they continued that. And you can't, and you can't screw up. And he's number one. You can't screw up the number one. Guy. No. And, and I look like, at I look at what they're doing on television now, and he's perfect. Tyler Hoechlin is amazing. Like oh, it's so the wholesome. Yeah, I I cannot. Uh, keep, so that's an interesting it. point. I think yeah. DC kills it when it comes to like their TV series. I agree. That's I think the tone like that their matches TV what they are. Is when they're able to cultivate and they're doing like I was I watched Supergirl for a really long time. That show Me was too. great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm right like, there with you. I I so I think their TV side is better, but like I and and more more developed. And then the issue is that they don't use the same actors to play the same roles. And I think that that's a problem because that's not how you create a universe. If you're going to cast the Flash as one guy, but then you're going to cast the Flash as a different guy in your TV show, I know. Like I I don't I don't like that. Yeah, they're um, multiversing but, themselves to death and it's not helping. But I think, sorry, I don't even know what the original question was going back to Suicide Squad. But that was <laughs> the thing that bothered me the yeah. most about yeah. like, the universe Warner Brothers has built. But honestly, the Suicide Squad reminded me a lot of The Boys in a way. If you guys okay. watch The Boys. I do not, but I've heard good things. Um, I mean, The Boys is def- poses a question like basically, what if superheroes were basically evil assholes? How do you stop... How do you stop evil Superman, essentially? Like, if you mm-hmm. have, you know, you, so, uh, but, th- and this was sort of similar to that regard. Uh, like, I, I think we're going to know more about Peacemaker with the series. I agree. So, like, we didn't learn anything about Peacemaker, and I think that was was deliberate. I think um, Peacemaker gave us enough because you have the straight arrow with the bent slant, you know what I mean? Like, he he's this altruistic person, but obviously steered himself in the wrong way thinking of his righteousness and i got enough of that with the hulking presence of cena and the 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 barbs he goes back and forth against with idris elba where exploring that in a tv series no problem table is set I, that's interesting because i almost think he was using america as an excuse for oh, all agree. of his violence and he yeah. wasn't actually patriotic at all it was just right and that's why oh, that's why i'm saying bent I, and slanted yeah so you're saying that he sort of bought into his own bullshit. I think so. 
Okay. Yeah. And look I how, sort of look how, the opposite. Look, his, I think look how dope as fuck I am and all that stuff like that. You know, totally bothered. No, I definitely think he believes he's hot shit. I just think he's not yeah. actually doing it for America is my thing. Oh, he's doing totally it agree. like to kill people and he can do yeah. it under the guise of America and it's like allowed. And he can get away with that because he's the smiling, pearly white Adonis of, you know. Right. He's John and Cena. I think, I think John Cena, I actually really like John Cena. I'm getting to like him more and more as an actor because I think he knows what he's capable of and what he's not capable of. Mm -hmm. And he's honestly like, except for maybe Dwayne Johnson's like early career when he was like, what was it? The tooth fairy and stuff like yeah. that. Like, I think he he's gets those bumps that in the road. He, he, I think he gets that he looks like a big dumb jock. Right. Mm -hmm. I think he gets that he's not like the best actor and doesn't think like he is the best actor. So I think, He's willing to like humiliate himself on camera. Yeah. Like if you guys saw Blockers. Oh yeah. Or like, I, my kids and I have watched Playing with Fire. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to see that. That look. But yeah. So he's willing to like. Yeah. Do like do the Nickelodeon stuff. Get slimed shit. on TV. He's willing to do stuff that would defy, you know, like his fan base that might be homophobic. Like he's willing to like do some things that that sort of like subvert and be like, hey, like it's okay. Like it's it like. It's not homophobic, like yeah, like in blockers. Like it's just I don't like, yeah. I don't know. It's I I like him in that. Although the other person I could have seen in that role was incidentally Nathan Fillion. Sure, I think he totally. and John Cena have similar like with the strong jawline and the like because mm -hmm. Captain Hammer is sort of like piece like because you know Nathan right. Fillion with Captain Hammer. Um, the hard part like, is Fillion in his age. You know, he's he's probably aged himself out of being that part. So. I mean, I, but I also Missed think it's just like the whole James Gunn joke because he's also oh, in Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy for a second. And I think John Cena is great uh, in in the role. So I, I I do think that he was perfectly cast for what well, that was. Well, that, that brings up another issue I wanted to segue and I want to get your opinion on. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that this is part of the subversion of the genre or whatever you want to call it. Like it's like you're supposed to watch the film and go, oh, they killed all these people and now it's about mm -hmm. the other group. The only problem I have with that is with maybe the exception of Harley Quinn and you can make an argument for Polka Dot Man, I guess, though I, I was a little underwhelmed. Uh, I think they killed all the cool people first. Like, I, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm i a defender of Pete Davidson. You got Nate Fillion. You got um, Weasel, uh, which yeah. was cool. Michael Rooker. Uh, I, I just kind of felt like, even though that was the point, I guess, and it's kind of like a psycho fake out to be like, oh, we're right. really not going to make this movie about uh, Michael Rooker at all. No, uh, that's that's fine. Yeah. But you I actually, actually, I actually dug those characters. Question. I actually dug those characters more. <laughs> so I, I don't so mind the thing, So here's the thing for me. I saw the original, like the teaser trailer that came out that had Pete Davidson and like Flula Borg, and I was like, no. Those guys aren't gonna make it mm -hmm, because right. you're not gonna you're not gonna center your movie on Pete Davidson and Flula Borg, no, right? Totally. <laughs> they're they're yeah. funny for what they are, and when they show up in something, like that's what's great about it. But like, and I I like Pete Davidson. I'm not trying to. I know some people shit on him. I like Pete Davidson, but he's not carrying your movie. Like 
No. So I knew he that can't those even carry that his autobiographical movie. Come on, ones were I I, I still hey. need, need to see King of Staten Island to be honest. But like I, I love It's also overlong and effusive as well. It's, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic movie. So shut oh, up. Oh, it sounds like you. Oh, you guys mm-hmm. disagree. You guys are on opposite ends. I need to see yep. it. Um, Future show. But I also Michael Rooker has a very distinct look and a very distinct acting. Like mm-hmm. I, this movie would not. I don't think have worked yeah. if he i mean there's in guardians of the galaxy he's not a lead either he's supporting and so i think i i don't think having him as a main member of the suicide squad would the chemistry it would have meshed yeah. as no, well as, think- the, as the other ones did but i i admire anyone who creates a tv show or a, or a movie and then kills off your characters oh i agree i think and that's, that's the fun part of like risk pre-canned pre-planned by the time you're watching that opening credits where the the it people are taking their bets that's playing right into the hands of let's see what happens and and the fun you know the rug pulls and the swerves that that james gunn has the balls to to put in his narrative and that yeah i yeah that was the point and it 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 won over its point that's the thing is that point didn't work for me because it, it on accident i think that I think that if it was a better written script, it, they would have been fun characters. You would have been like, oh, bummer, they're they're dead. Uh, but the problem was, is who replaces them are basically, to me, stock boring characters. Like ah, Rick Flag, yeah. Rick Flag to me doesn't work in any movie. Rick Joel Kinnaman is very boring to me. Yeah, um, give him a little more bubble in this, but I know what you mean. Yeah, he he was so much better in this than in yes, than in Ayers. Like I yeah. did not like Kinnaman as Flag. I thought he was a. I think he is a stiff actor. Mm-hmm. He got to let loose a little bit in this one. From the minute yeah. they find him in the village, like I agree, yeah, a little a little bit, but yeah, I mean, and this is not. And people have to understand in this internet age that when we say we don't like a character or an actor like or like a character that they're playing we're not saying we don't like the person like john cena from everything i've read about him as a person fantastic human being i mean yeah. i think he has the record for what's he that sure does. Pro, what's that program called where you uh, make a wish foundation make a wish foundation he has a record yeah. for, so great guy i just don't think he's a great actor i don't know and then let's be you know what be, i know we're running out of time but i want to get lauren on the record that's just for 15 minutes we got plenty. Right, 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 right. I want Lauren to get on the record for this because, as I mentioned in the intro, she is a Stallone enthusiast. And I when I say Stallone we enthusiast, she is a Stallone enthusiast. People, we like this. I mean, her first recommendation for this show to be the guest on was for Rhinestone. So, oh man, that's right. That's right. So, so, and uh, Don shot that down immediately. Not me. I did. Don did. I, I, did uh, <laughs> I barely right. watch it. Now, I, there are there is an argument out here going around which dis, that disgusts me about how King Shark is better than Groot. We won't get into that here because you don't want to hear me oh, cry no. like a little bit. We're, we're getting into that here. But the I audience is like, here for you crying like a baby. Let's. I, I Lauren poke I, the bear. Lauren. I would the bear. like to. T- I would like Lauren to touch on her boy Sylvester Stallone being in this movie. Uh, King Shark is obviously one of the successes of this movie. I think, regardless of how I feel about the film. Mm-hmm. I always laughed whenever he did something and always I felt a little bad for him. And plus the CGI is incredible. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's get your take on Sly in this movie, Lauren. What's your, what's your take? So I think, uh, so as a person, I think you can tell, and even in interviews, Stallone has taken himself less seriously the older he has gotten. Mm-hmm. He still has, I mean, he still has an ego, like boom, he still has an ego. Uh, but I think, 
he capitalizing on the fact that he sounds like, you know, a, a, a dumb kind of meathead, right? Because mm-hmm. of like how his voice sounds, which isn't his fault, you know, and how his <laughs> face looks, which isn't his fault. Um, so I think, I think he was perfect for this. And I know it's, I know that there are different takes on King Shark and I know that there's a Harley Quinn animated series and it has, it has my boy Ron Funches as King Shark, whom I, whom I also love. And I think I was sitting here wondering, would it have worked if Sylvester Stallone was King Shark, but then said more words? Like, Mm -hmm. what if he was like a smart King Shark, right? Instead of playing up the, the dumb of a big old shark galoot right <laughs> right right i don't i honestly don't know the answer like i don't know if I it do. would have been hilarious to have him reading books about astrophysics and spouting off facts but sounding like sylvester stallone i would have loved that it works better lie. having him be just like bird like you know yeah. i don't know <laughs> so, so basically know. so basically with you, you wanna... any any amount of stallone is wonderful stallone i would have oh, slightly taken more no, I'm just trying to think because James Gunn had said he had written King Shark for Stallone, like with Stallone in mind, because they had worked together on Guardians together. Yeah. And uh, but he was like afraid to ask him to do it. He didn't think he would do it. So he brought in other voice actors and he didn't name names, but he mentioned that some of them were like, quote, of note. Like so he brought in like some famous actors to read for King Shark and it just wasn't working. And so He finally was like, I'm going to have to ask. Like, I'm going to have to ask. And Sly was like, absolutely. So, um, like, so Sly did it. And so I, 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 I think it's great when a part is written for, he wrote Bloodsport also for, for Elba as well, mm-hmm. even though he didn't actually know him at all. <laughs> he still wrote uh, Bloodsport with him in mind. But I think uh, I, I loved King Shark and I thought it was a great, it was kind of a great in-joke choice because we all joke about right. Stallone is not a dumb person at all, no. but Very he smart always guy. comes across that way. Like, you know, in, in the movies he does and just because of how he sounds and looks, you know? So I think mm-hmm. it's sort of a wink, wink to, to that. Okay. Well, and I was going to say, if you want him to be reading books on uh, high science and things that like, you just want him to be Dolph Lundgren then. <laughs> I'm assuming you can we cause... can we get Dolph to kind of like come in and take over Killer Croc or something like that? It'd be great. Oh my god, I mean, that would be amazing. Because uh-huh. Dolph Lundgren uh-huh. is pretty Solomon much Solomon Grundy. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, because Dolph Lundgren is pretty much the epitome of that. Because that's my favorite go-to like bar fact. Oh, right. like, hey, did you know that Dolph Lundgren was a uh, you know he has a doctorate in chemistry? And <laughs> it's like you're yeah. like, huh? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, he does. He's like nuclear, like knows like about nuclear bombs and like yeah, he's I like super smart. But of course, looks and sounds the way he sounds. So how about that? All right, <laughs> since we are getting towards the end of the thing here, I'll, I'll kind of I'll, I'll throw out a I don't want to say a final question. If you guys have more stuff you want to do, but I'll throw this one out there. Do you or do anyone here? Do you want more of this? Is there room for a Suicide Squad third film? Lauren, I go to you, the guest first. Um, I think there is. And what's interesting to me is apparently there's been like discourse on Twitter about like, is this a sequel or a reboot? And I right. thought it was a reboot. But then people were like, no, 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 it's actually like a sequel. And that's how Harley and Boomy uh, know each other. Right. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I think it, one way or the other. I, I think honestly, yeah, like I can't see Warner Brothers not doing another one or not doing something with these characters 
Um, I mean, to get the emotional gravitas that you're talking about, Will, I mean, it would work for a series, but we already yeah. do have something like that with the boys in a way. Mm -hmm. And then maybe um, Peacemaker is going to be here soon, too, right? Peacemaker so, I mean, I think Peacemaker could potentially open up. I think, honestly, DC should probably stick with some of these, you know, weirder, off the beaten sure. path characters, like you were talking about, Will, or doing some of their, like, alternate universe or Elseworld stuff. Well, let me poke. Um, let me poke a little further. Bring these characters that we've now had a really good corrective movie to enjoy, or do we keep doing the Suicide Squad well and go back to the prison, recruit five more people, and bring new people in? Would you rather see these people return or new people come in? Oh my gosh, that's I difficult. Yeah. I think you could maybe do if you were going to do a series. I think you would have to use different people. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know Robbie has quoted as saying that she doesn't plan on playing Harley for a long time because it's just a lot. Yeah. Um, and so that sounds like there's no indication that there's going to be. Okay. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing. I wouldn't mind seeing. I think this story has been told now. I think we got yeah. the redemption for a lot of these characters. I, I, I think there's so much more like we with Weasel, with Javelin, like you could still do prequel. Like, I don't know. I think there's others you could you could use. Okay. Um, that would be as fun. Like Will really liked TDK and and Javelin and and like all the and Michael Rooker's character. So I think I think there's more there. Okay. Will, I what will, do you think? I, I will say this, uh, and this will be the ultimate damning part of my review Ooh. of Suicide of the Suicide Squad. I have to say the Suicide yeah, Squad. It's, yeah, it's, I know. It's, it's Ohio State um, University and Juilliard School. I know what you mean. Yeah. So that you know, there's that theory out there that there's like the Antichrist. Uh, for me, Jai Courtney is the anti-charisma. And the fact that this movie made me miss him mm. is the most damning thing about the yeah. Suicide Squad. So that's my final thought yeah. on that. So do I want to see more? Yes, I guess. I don't oh. mind seeing King Shark again. You got him, um, Lauren. You got I mean, him. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't mind seeing the story again. I just want Disney or Disney, Jesus Christ. I want... <laughs> DC <laughs> to I want DC to not Disneyfy this and Agreed. just try to repeat a formula because that that was my biggest problem with this is that I don't I'll like the I don't I don't like the original Suicide Squad either but at least like you said with those Batman movies and and Superman movies and stuff they actually tried something so yeah. I think and then the, the biggest problem and I'm seeing a lot of stuff about this on Twitter today um, we are in a pandemic. Um, but people are saying this movie is going to be a box office bomb or a failure mm. at the very least because it's a poor opening weekend. We are in a pandemic, but the problem is, is that you had something like Black Widow make eighty million its mm. opening weekend, and this made twelve. Can so I chime in on that? Go ahead. Absolutely, absolutely. Sorry, I need to chime in on that. So Please. Black Widow found the sweet spot because the Delta variant had not. Yeah, become right. what it was now in July Fourth weekend. Down. Yeah, all yes. That. So here's Black Widow was the sweet spot. Here's the thing: releasing a movie on day and date that is good and has mm -hmm. positive word of mouth and more positive reviews than negative mm -hmm. hurts the film's box office just as much as negative word of mouth does, but in a different way. I agree because with that. We saw this within the Heights as well. Yep. In the Heights, despite having valid criticisms about how certain members of the Latin A community are represented or not represented. It was overwhelmingly, there was overwhelmingly positive reviews and word mm -hmm. of mouth. 
Mm-hmm. And the same is happening for The Suicide Squad. And I don't buy the argument that's, that The Suicide Squad is a niche movie because the other one is a musical featuring like Latino and black actors. Right. So I don't, I don't buy the argument that The Suicide Squad on its own is, is niche. I think the issue is sure, sure. The Suicide Squad is good. And mm-hmm. right now outside is very bad and outside yeah. could kill you. So I yeah. think people, I think thousands of people are watching the Suicide Squad at home yeah. because of the word of mouth. Uh, I, love, I would love so to see some HBO stats. That's the thing. I don't think yeah. the movie is failing. Be- it's not failing because it's bad. It's failing because it's actually really, really good. And Warner Brothers has allowed you the option to watch it from the comfort of your couch. I know. And that is uh, same thing with it. You said it best within the Heights. Like that, that availability, you give people in this situation and in this environment, that availability, they're going to stay home. You know, especially if they're a big family and a big crowd trying to not pay 12 bucks a head to go. I'm with you uh, to answer the original question. I'll say, yeah, I'm down for more of this, but I'm with you where you can't I'm, I'm you can't keep repeating this formula. You can't have Amanda Waller show up in the first five minutes of the movie, recruit another six stooges to come out here and do another dumb mission for another thing. Like if you keep that that um, what am I trying to say? If you keep that re- repetitive storytelling going. That has a limit, but if you bring these villains back in with a different, you know, uh, adversary or target or thing or just or just method, then it, then it can work, you know. But yeah, it's tough to it's going to be tough to keep these at least these smaller characters going without a little bit of help and maybe peacemakers that help. But we'll see. I'm down for it. I'm down for anything James Gunn wants to do with the flourish that he does. So I'm in. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay well, I told you guys that, uh, well, I've always told you guys that, uh, Don is stupid, but I've also told you that Lauren is very smart. So I think mm. that has been proven today on oh. both counts. Oh man. So, Oh, no, that doesn't, that's not, oh, that's not fair. Don, you seem lovely. I, I, you seem lovely too. And then remember, (laughs) there's the hotness of the tattoo where now you have lovely and hot. So my goodness, you're doing great. I'll take it. Before this digresses, Lauren. See, here's the thing. I'm in punching distance of her husband. So I can't say these things. You're in Chicago. You can say those things. Like, you know, I'm in my I'm in my mid thirties, and so it's nice to get right? okay. it's nice to get outside attention. It's fine. It's you nice. bet. I'll, I'll keep licking my microphone over here. No problem. No problem. <laughs> if it enhances the show quality, we're 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 good. We're good. <laughs> oh um, boy. So, no, right. Lauren. Lauren, this is your chance yes. for that stump. I'm not, we're not hot ones and Sean, but all that. But tell us where the people can find you on social media. Oh, yeah. Please do follow me. I am on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is that movie is fine. Uh, Oh, that's also my letterbox handle as well. So if you want to see how I rate movies. Um, But yeah, so uh, that that is my handle. That movie is fine because I think we should normalize that a lot of movies are just fine. And I think Uh that that's also just fine. Right. Uh, Like the Suicide Squad. Exactly. uh, So you know what? I gave it four and a half stars out of five because I actually did think that it was a little bit long. I do Mm -hmm. think it was a little bit long. And that's sort of like the whole when they do get to Jotunheim, it's sort of like is like a different movie. Yeah. So I agree with you on on that, Will, where you said it, it it was a little bit. A little bit long, but uh, I'd rather them do that than try and do a 90 minute movie with all the same stuff. Right. Agreed. So. All right. Will, hit us with the closer, man. If you are local to uh, Phoenix, Tempe, Chandler, uh, 
Awatuki, et cetera, uh, in the Phoenix Valley, which is ginormous and also <laughs> baking hot. Um, you know, uh, Lauren is, is the programmer there at what is currently Alamo, what will soon be Majestic Cinema Grills. Um, I don't know if you go to the other locations, but I've met you many times at the Tempe location. Um, you can't miss her. She's awesome. She's got these uh, very notable glasses, cool haircut. And obviously, according to Don, the sexiest tattoo on the planet. So mm -hmm. you uh, you can bump into her. She will talk to you. Like I said, I just asked her one time about uh, some things. Uh, I just asked a random question about Angel Heart, and we went into it for about 10 minutes. It was fantastic. So please say hi to her. She's fantastic. And then, you know, uh, she obviously puts these great events on. Uh, so if you're local here in Phoenix, I'm just going to say Phoenix in general, uh, you, know, you know, seek out her programming, but also seek her out in person at these uh, venues. She's great. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Look at that guy. Look at that guy. Teddy bear. Cool. Can, can, so, can your husband punch him anyway, just for fun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, they'd get, right. they'd get along. Right. My, my husband likes Marvel movies. He just, Batman is, is his guy. Batman yeah. is his guy. I totally get it. I totally get it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm going to do the outro now. Uh, so enjoy this. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fit. And on Facebook at Cinephile Hissy Fits Podcast. Also find us both on Letterboxd. Uh, I actually was just trying to find Lauren on Letterboxd as she was talking. Uh, I didn't have any luck, but she gave you a message to, to search for. Um, I am Will Joe, and Don is Casablanca Don. Um, you uh, maybe just – no, you know what? I'm not going to read this part because we never post a poll. Okay, um, but we're not going to do it. So thank you so much for your captive audience and social media participation. Cinephile Hissy Fits is a 25YL media podcast brought to you by RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Please visit, rate, review, and subscribe. If you enjoyed this show, we have more where that came from with interesting hosts and many more interesting, wonderful guests. All available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite shows. Lauren, thank you so much. Hope to have you back in the future. Absolutely. I'd love to be back. Oh, oh, whenever Stallone has a new movie out, I'm down. Or the Rocky IV director's cut. Yes. Ooh. Now we're talking. Is that coming out soon? Uh, uh, November, it's right? It's supposed to be coming out November 11th. And then I've seen his new movie called Samaritan twice already. But mm. I don't know if that's going to be pulled until next year or not. It was supposed to be out oh. already. And then it had an October release date. And then, like, there's still not a trailer for it. So I'm wondering mm. if it's going to be like United Artists is going to hold it until next year. Anyway, he plays like he plays sort of like a an old disgruntled like superhero in that one actually. Ooh, so that right. that's an interesting one to talk about if it ever comes. Out. We're in. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we definitely have we definitely have to get you back on for Stallone specific like cuz your like your Stallone stuff. fanfare yeah. is is intense. Like I I don't think I've ever met anyone who likes Stallone as much as you. I uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I've de there are definitely people online for sure, but I've also I feel like I'm one of someone who's like seen like every movie of his, and I feel like. God, no, that's yeah, it's true. I, it, oh, and uh, I know we're not recording anymore, but I just pulled up. We your are totally box. recording. Good luck. Oh, I didn't stop. I'll let okay. I'll let Mitch so, I'll let Mitch edit where he wants to edit. Uh, but I'll okay, here I'll so, hit the stop button. I'll hit the stop button. <laughs>
What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com.